Scripture says that our struggle is not with the flesh and the blood, but with the principalities. Good morning, Christian America. That's right. Paul in Ephesians and again in 2 Corinthians says that our battle as Christians, our fight, and I use those words because Paul uses these words, that our battle, our war is not with flesh and blood. It is not with people. People, my friends, can be redeemed through Christ. Our battle is with the ideas of the evil one. Our battle is with the ideas that go against God's command, that goes against God's will for us in our lives, that goes against God's word. And how do we, in this day, in this age, stand firm in our commitment, stand firm in our love, stand firm in our responsibility to God and his word. Let's talk about that this morning. Get your Bibles and get ready to get into the word. Good morning, Christian America. Okay, good morning, Christian America. Eddie here, as always, representing the Christian American revitalization effort. We seek to revitalize the Christian faith across this land. Why, you might ask? Because it's so necessary. It is so needed. If you follow this community, if you follow this podcast, if you follow anything that we do, you know you are well-tilled soil. You are an informed audience. You are committed to the faithful and committed to the faith. So you know that the Christian faith is under attack from all angles of society, all the institutions, all the organizations, from famous people and from politicians and from government, and local and state and federal and international. We're under attack and we're under assault and the word of God is under attack and under assault. And this day, in this age, it is our duty, it is our responsibility as followers of Christ, those who call themselves followers of Christ, those who seek to be disciples of Christ, in turn seek to walk the walk that Christ walked. And we must stand firm in that commitment. But how do we fight the good fight? How do we run the good race? How do we stand firm in the truth, the truth of the gospel, the truth of our Lord? How do we stand firm and take on the slings and the arrows that come our way? All while also being labeled bigoted, being falsely accused of being hateful. My friends, you can't be a true follower of Christ and be hateful because Christ himself commanded, he didn't recommend, he commanded love for one another. He commanded obedience to himself, to God Almighty. 
He commanded that we put God first in our lives and that we love each other as we love ourselves. He also commanded that we go into the world and make disciples of all nations. How do we do all that in the 21st century? Luckily for us, we've been blessed with the gift of Scripture. We've been blessed with those who were divinely inspired. And today we're going to talk about Paul, who was divinely inspired, who was literally face-to-face with our Lord and Savior in three separate occasions, according to his letters. This is a man, like the rest of the disciples in this book, who was persecuted for his faith, who was beaten, who was stoned, who was ridiculed, who was run out of cities and towns, who was criticized, ostracized, beaten up, eventually martyred for his faith. And through all of that, he gives us insights into what he's thinking. He's giving us insights into the word and the mind and the heart of God, whom he followed and whom we also follow. So in those two contexts today, we come to you this Friday, getting ready for the weekend, as we come to you every Friday to give you something to think about. And today, we're going to cover two quick passages that have to deal with this. The first is in the, the, the letter, the second letter to the Corinthians in chapter 10. And then the second portion that we're going to talk about is the letter to the Ephesians in chapter 6. And I'm going to tell you right now that this message, this conversation, this talk, and these readings have to do with battle, with engagement. Now, there are plenty of Christians that are uncomfortable with the idea of warfare, with the idea of fighting, with the idea of conflict, because they'll tell you, and they're not wrong, they'll give you plenty of examples of the caring, loving Jesus who forgave people for their sins, who healed, who had compassion, who had mercy, who had love for everyone that he met and that he helped bring along. Correct. But I would also point out many others that know scripture will also point out that Jesus talked an awful lot about the darkness. He talked an awful lot about being left out of the feast, of the banquet that his father set. He talked an awful lot about wailing and grinding of teeth. He talked an awful lot of negative stuff about the hypocrites and the religious leaders of his day. He fashioned a whip, according to the gospel, and ran the money changers out of the temple. Now, you may be tempted to say, well, look, you're not Jesus, so you don't deserve to fashion a whip and run people off. And they're right. That's why we have to turn to Scripture. We have to turn to Jesus. And not only what Jesus did, but also 
what Paul was inspired to write about considering he was face to face with our Lord and how to engage this world who is bent on destruction of us, of followers of Christ, who is bent on destruction of Christ in our lives. Who want to strip him away from us, who want to stop us from worshiping him. Make no mistake, friends, that is the world that we live in. It's not a surprise to you if you follow this community. So let's look to Paul in the second letter to the Corinthians. In chapter 10, we're going to start in verse 1 when he's telling the Corinthians essentially what the problem is because he's been accused of being too soft. He's being accused of being too soft against the people that are against the Christians or the followers of Jesus in this time. Let's see what Paul says, and then we'll discuss briefly. In verse 1, it says, Now I myself, Paul, urge you, through the gentleness and the clemency of Christ, who am humble when face to face with you, but brave towards you when absent. He's being, he's being sarcastic. Paul has never been anything but brave and outspoken and firm with people in the synagogues, which is why they've chased him out so many times of different synagogues, of different towns. But nonetheless, that's sarcasm. He goes on to say, I beg you that when present that I may not have to be brave with that confidence with which I intend to act boldly against some who consider us as acting according to the flesh. For although we are in the flesh, we do not battle according to the flesh. For the weapons of our battle are not of flesh, but are enormously powerful, capable of destroying fortresses. We destroy arguments and every pretension raising itself against the knowledge of God. Pretension is the idea of making an argument, a subject, someone who stakes a claim. They stake a pretension. He says, we destroy arguments and every pretension raising itself against the knowledge of God. And we take every thought captive in obedience to Christ. And we are ready to punish every disobedience once your disobedience is complete. Think about what Paul says right there. Fully aware of who he's speaking with, fully aware of who he is, a follower of Christ, fully aware of Christ's involvement. This is scripture, folks. He doesn't shy away from the idea of battle. 
He doesn't shy away from the idea of warfare. He doesn't shy away from the idea of conflict. He's joking about it because he's always face-to-face -face with conflict. That's how we ended up in prison numerous times. That's how we ended up in Rome. Because he drew so much conflict. But who and what is drawing that conflict? Is it individuals? Is it people? What does Paul says? He says, we are not acting against the flesh. We are not acting for the flesh. But we destroy arguments. And every idea, he says pretension, but every idea that raises itself against what? Go back and read it. Raises itself against the knowledge of God. You have a duty, you have a, an obligation, you have a responsibility. When we encounter something that an idea or an argument that runs counter to the knowledge of God, you, us, we have a responsibility to argue against it. But how do we do it? By taking every thought captive in obedience to Christ not making it personal, not attacking the person, attacking the idea. Standing strong in who we are. Standing strong as a believer of Christ, using the word of God as protection. It's our responsibility, folks. It's time that we start to remember or re-remember or maybe even learn for the first time what scripture tells us. Now go back to your Bible and go to the letter to the Ephesians. Turn to chapter 6 and we're going to start on verse 10. Remember the first reading we read was Paul speaking to the Corinthians. This is a second letter to Paul speaking to people in Ephesus. An entire different community facing the same problems of people who are attacking their faith and the ideas of Christ, the risen, resurrected Lord, whom they find silly. Others find dangerous. Either way, they want to stop the worship to the one true God. They want to stop this talk about Jesus. And they want to oppress the followers of Christ. They wanted to get rid of them. And this is Paul talking to this community. And in verse 10, he says, Finally, draw your strength from who? from the Lord and from his mighty power put on the armor of God so that you may be able to stand firm against the tactics of the devil there he minces no words there is no mistake in this passage as to whom these ideas as to whom 
these uh, thoughts against whom these tactics are from. From the devil. For our struggle is not with flesh and blood, but with the principalities, with the powers of the world rulers of this present darkness, with the evil spirits in the heavens. Therefore, put on the full armor of God that you may be able to resist evil. You may be able to resist on the evil day and having done everything to hold your ground, not to having done some things, not to show up sometimes, not to speak out sometimes, but having done everything to hold your ground. So stand fast with your loins girded in truth. That is a, a very antiquated way of saying to strap on something around your waist if you're thinking about men. Your loins girded, pick yourself up in truth, clothed with righteousness as a breastplate, and your feet shod in the readiness for the what? For the gospel of peace. In all circumstances, hold faith as a shield to quench all the flaming arrows of the evil one. And take, he says, with the helmet of salvation and the, the sword of the spirit, which is the word of God. Take the helmet of salvation and the word of the spirit, the, excuse me, the sword of the spirit, which is the word of God. Is there any confusion as to what Paul is telling both of these communities? Is there any confusion as to what he is telling us? Pretend that you're in Ephesus and people want to shut you down. They want to stop you from worshiping. They want to close your church. They want to silence your voice. They want to censor your faith. Does that sound familiar? Pretend that you're in Corinth in the first century and the community hates you. They want to silence you. They want to destroy you. They wish that your faith and your God would just go away and vanish and they would never hear about it. Does that sound familiar? That's today, friends. It's right now. If we don't also stand in the full armor of God with our loins girded in truth, wrapped in the breastplate of righteousness with the helmet of, the sal of salvation and the sword of the spirit. 
grounded in the gospel. If we don't follow Paul's instructions, what's going to be left of us? Where does this lead us five years from now, 10 years from now, 20 years from now? These communities listened to their leader, Paul, their leader in faith. They followed the word of God and not 10 years, 20 years, 100 years, 2,000 years later. The word of God has touched our ears. The word of truth is able to be read with our eyes. And not only is it able to be read with our eyes, it's able to be spread across the world, the globe, through electrons, through technology, through the world that we inhabit. Are we willing to take that gift and put it under a bushel basket? Are we, are we willing to take the gift of the life that we've been blessed with, that God has given us this day, and just keep it and not pass it on and not see it flourish? Friends, the day is coming where you will have to make a choice. Whether to stand firm in your beliefs, whether to stand firm in, the, in this armor of God, to hold true to your values and to pronounce where you stand, to acknowledge Christ before others that he might acknowledge you before his Father. Matthew 10, 32 and 33. And look that one up too. Or will you succumb to the world? Or will you back down? Or will you shrink? Will you bend the knee to the local masters, to the principalities and world rulers? Because that's what Paul says. I pray for all of us. I pray that we have the strength and the confidence and the courage to work together when that time comes. I pray that we have the strength, the intestinal fortitude, the faith in the gospel to stand firm on when that day comes. I pray that when I look to my left and I look to my right, that there will be brothers and sisters from all backgrounds, from all languages, of all colors of skin and types of hair, linking arms together and one big giant phalanx with the word of God as our weapon and defeat these arguments and pretensions of the devil. 
Let's not shrink from that challenge. Let's not shrink from our responsibilities. We won't all do the same thing. We won't all fight in the same way, but we must all fight. I'll say it one more time. Not against people. Not making it personal. Not attacking individuals. But attacking the ideas that go counter to the knowledge of God. Have pity on those who have sinned gravely, for I have too. I have love and respect for those that have been wayward, for I have too. But we cannot stand idly by and justify such actions and promote such actions or even, God help us, celebrate such actions. For to do that is not only counter to God's commandments, but is also to hasten our own destruction. I pray that you understand this message. I pray that you think about this message. You meditate on it. And it guides you. I, hope, I pray that Scripture guides you. In your decisions now and in the future ladies and gentlemen if you like messages like this if you support what we're trying to do here if you're trying to build and spread the Christian American community I ask you to engage in this content I ask you to follow us on Facebook and Instagram and Twitter and Parler and Rumble YouTube, the Good Morning Christian America podcast is on YouTube and it's on rumble.com. We, uh, we're all over Facebook. We're all over social media. It's important because messages like this, I believe, are important. I believe in the future, we're going to look back and say this is the most important time in our history. Because if we don't make the moves necessary today, if we don't learn the lessons necessary today, if we don't pick up and remember what God has taught us, shown us, provided for us, in the future, we're going to look back and say, how did we lose it all? How did our society go from one of the most moral to the most immoral? We're going to look back and say, how did we allow 60 million unborn children to be murdered in the womb? How did we take untold hundreds of thousands, tens of thousands in the future, maybe even millions of young children and encourage them to try to change their gender? to mutilate themselves, to take 
hormone replacements at five years old, at 10 years old, at 15 years old? How did we allow our family units and our family structures to be ripped apart by evil ideas, by evil pretensions? And we stood by and did nothing. We said nothing. Because we were falsely missing these important scriptures that instruct us on how we should live our lives and how we can combat these evil ideas. Engage in this community. Share messages from this community. Speak to your friends and your family. Follow us. Let's build and rebuild the community to fight this evilness. And with that, ladies and gentlemen, I hope you have a blessed weekend. Hope you spend time with your families and friends. It's warming up. It's the summer's coming. Spending time with your families and your friends. Start small and grow. Grow the faith in your house. Grow the faith in your neighborhood. Grow the faith in your town or city. And we'll grow this faith across this nation. And with that, ladies and gentlemen, have again, have a blessed weekend. We will catch you again on Monday. Until then, you guys stay on fire for Christ. Stay blessed. Good morning, Christian America.